0: greetings and salutations this is the untitled josh cast episode number 40 my name is josh gershman i am joined as always by my co-host and co-josh josh hammond hello everyone welcome to our weekly podcast of pop culture news politics or whatever else we feel like talking about to interact with the show and for updates on future episodes and other fun stuff you can find us on both twitter and instagram at josh you can also catch us weekly on twitch at twitch.tv untitled josh if you would like to support the show you can subscribe to us on twitch using your amazon prime account or via a regular subscription or on patreon at patreon.com/slash untitled JoshCast. Now, back to the show. Well, we finally made it. We are here at episode number 40. If you had told me that we a year ago, when we were first tar- talking about this podcast, if we were we would have perfectly planned out to have our 40th episode be exactly in between yours and mine's 40th birthdays, I would have said yes, clearly. You and I are two very stable geniuses. That's exactly what would have happened.
1: I mean, I think that you should not tell people that we didn't plan that and just let them think we did.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's totally what we planned. I'm saying like other people that aren't us, they would have been like, ah, something's fishy here. But clearly we know what we're doing. Um, Before we get into the discussion of being 40 and the other things Uh, And things about 1981, some quick one quick update from last week is that we almost jinxed the Cleveland Browns. Almost by we you mean me. I mean, I as a fellow Josh I'm I'm shouldering some of that hypothetical almost blame, but we almost jinxed the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm just going to put it out here currently the Chiefs are winning they're playing the said said Cleveland Browns uh it's goes a commercial so I can't tell you what the score is right now as literally as we were talking but I am not out to jinx anybody I'm simply gonna have the game and we'll we'll see what happens there'll be no jinxing involved um that's one thing relating to last week the other piece of business since this is a birthday celebration themed episode, we do have to point out that today, January 17th is Betty White's birthday. Betty White is 99 years young today, which, ah, God, I love Betty White. She's amazing.
1: Um, I called Betty White to see if she would join us today, but she said that she didn't have time. It's her birthday. She's out socially distancing and doing shenanigans and she didn't have time for us but she sends the best
0: that's fair honestly you know it's just the thought that counts so we're thinking of her i know that she's thinking of us and I, I know that everyone else out there is thinking of betty white on today on this her her day of birth her day of jubilee um okay so let's get into this so what i thought we would do is reflect uh on you know our lives um, you who turned 40 a couple weeks ago, I will turn 40 in about six weeks. It's happening. It's coming up. Um, I looked up, I have all kinds of fun stuff about 1981. We'll get to that a little bit later in the, in the episode. But one of the things I found in my like Googling things of like dot, 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 1981 is like a calculator that like you put in your birth date and it gives you stuff up to now. And it said that. For you specifically, you are 351,000 hours old.
1: It's a lot of hours.
0: That's just like, imagine every time you have to sit in a meeting that's an hour. That's just adding another hour onto that 350,000 plus hours of
1: your life. That explains the back pain. Yeah, I, I thought like putting
0: it as, as, as working professionals as we are and as so much of our days are Taken up by meetings, like having something like that was was very helpful. um Like that is that's way too many hours. Like,
1: Can you I, I, imagine how far you could get on like Stardew Valley if you played that many hours?
0: So many hours, um yes. man! What a great game. You could have like all the farm. You'd have you'd have like so many. Chi- you'd have so many chickens. Can you imagine how many chickens you'd have on your farm?
1: I love the chickens. They're great. I I, I love to get the chickens and name them like Mick Clucker. And like, McNugget and Tyson.
0: My 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 uh, routine for naming the chickens was always after athletes. So I would just pick a team, and then all the chickens would be players on that on that team.
1: I love that. That's Um, great.
0: All right, we can talk about Sardew Valley and our strange video game habits another time. Today, we're going to talk about being forty and what that means. Um, So, this first part of the episode is kind of goals for year 40 and beyond, uh, looking back on some accomplishments thus far. And uh, then something I thought I thought would be interesting, our, our best and our most and least favorite parts about being 40 versus being 20. Um, I thought this would be an interesting part of the conversation. For me, a lot of these things are like wrapped up in one another, especially when I think about Well, really, both of both like both goals and accomplishments are very much wrapped in who I was 20 years ago versus who I am now. Um, But you as the more recent 40 E, I want to I want to open the floor to you first to uh, to start us off here.
1: That's hard because I don't really know how to to start the conversation. So I guess that like. I don't know, I guess I'm going to start with goals. Let's just start with goals. Okay, let's do it. I think the things that I really want to focus on in my forties is the most important thing for me is to just learn to be comfortable in my forties. Um, I think that I spent a lot of my teenage years being angry. Um, I spent a lot of my twenties trying really hard to be cool. Um, and I spent a lot of my thirties trying to stay relevant because when you, you know, when you hit your thirties, like everything below you is still, producing new technology and new language and new slang and new shows and new music and new albums and comic books and video games and trying to continue to, you know, know the ins and outs of all of those things while also being a working professional. It's it's hard to stay up with. Um plus, you know, as you get older, you have to work on things like getting off your fat ass and exercising and you know, cooking food instead of eating shit food all day. So like, there's just more to do in a day that you have to stick up with, stick up with, keep up with, um, put up with. And I think that the thing that's going to make my 40s easier is instead of trying to push myself to be what I hope to be, just being what I am and being comfortable with that. Um, that said, there are things that I want to accomplish. Like I want to make sure that the things that I'm consuming in my life are real. Like I anticipate spending less time on social media and trading that time I'm using with, you know, reading the books that I never have time to get to. I've started doing that already and I'm, you know, I I don't really know how to word it. I'm one finished book and four books that I'm three-fourths of the way through already this year. Um, And, you know, in my 30s, I think I got into the habit of sending just quick, pointless texts a lot. And I think instead of having small, meaningless conversations, I'd like to save the energy for, you know, big, meaningful conversations where you actually connect with the person that you're talking to. You just don't send a little tiny bit of information. Um, in my thirties, I got away from writing quite a bit. I wrote a lot in my twenties. I ran a website. I wrote freelance for a bunch of publications. I I don't think I wrote really at all in my thirties. I wrote some, but not very much. And I want to get back to that. I I want to rediscover the part of me that published articles in publications. And I also would like to finally write the novel that I've been saying I would like to write since I was in my twenties. Um, I think the 40s are going to be about figuring out where my place in the world is and focusing on leaving an actual thumbprint on the planet rather than just, you know, existing on the planet. I want to do something both in life and in my job that makes me feel like I'm contributing to society and not just being a consumer in society. So I think figuring that out and figuring out how to do something that you know helps other people is going to be important to me and while helping other people i think that it's important that i become secure in my 40s or at least feel secure in my 40s like not living from paycheck to paycheck having savings working on mental health you know overcoming the anxiety and depression and insecurity of my ADHD that has always you know kind of been an issue you know working on trust issues i'm still scared of people i it's hard for me to to trust that people aren't going to long-term fuck me over. Um, And I think all of those things have caused me to be a reclusive human and an isolated human. And that's the thing that gets really lonely. So I don't want my forties to have that lonely feeling that all of the other decades have. And I think it's important instead of hoping that happens to actually like spearhead that happening and figure out ways to do that in a healthy way
0: that was, I was quite a meaty list of goals. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. The good, the thing about birthdays and about milestone birthdays, such as these, is that they offer, you know, a good time for reflection. And we as humans love nothing more than to organize things. And so like, when we can say like, when we can say like, oh, that decade is over, this is who I was in my thirties is no longer who I'm going to be in my forties. It's like a very clean line to make changes or start things over or to kind of reinvent oneself. Um, along those lines, the, my goals are not that dissimilar. Um, you talked about writing, uh, which is something I did. I would say like I did, but like not to, not to any kind of extent, but one of my, goals in general is just for more, more creative output, even if nobody else sees it. Um, one of the things I've enjoyed in this past year has been, uh, figuring out how to stream. So like all the software that goes into that is really interesting to me. And there's lots of things that I do that even you guys don't see as the, the people directly involved in the stream. Um, and it's just like, that's a little bit of more technical creativity, but last year, uh, last year I got really back into playing the guitar, which has been, which was like really helpful for me. Um, even though I had like these absolute crazy calluses after a while, but that was a thing that I only ever did for myself. And that was fulfilling in a way that. Not that I wasn't expecting necessarily, but it's fulfilling in a way that is uh, worthwhile, and so like that's that's what I what I want to do more of. Um, this podcast is a great outlet for that. Um, it allows it allows me and all of us to be more creative, um, but more than just that, it's just things that there are things that I can do that don't have to be for other people, like as somebody who has started their own outlets before and someone who has done their own, like started and closed their own businesses before I, my first thought and that my first thought and up to and including the creation of this podcast was like, Hey, how can I turn a creative project into money? How can I turn it into a business? Like how can I do a thing that will then benefit me in some way? Not like in a, greedy capitalist way, but just like in a, this is a thing. Is there an opportunity to turn this into some kind of business venture? Um, for this podcast, I'm very happy with what we're doing and there's opportunities there, but like that, that's what I, my goal is to not think that way for these other things that aren't going to be shown to anybody, whether it's writing or music or some kind of artistic venture, um, doing more things for myself that way that don't have to be, that don't the other people don't have to be involved in, or even if they are, you know, that doesn't have to be like the public quote unquote public doesn't have to be involved in. Um, You talked about social media and I have, I think a lot of people have like a love hate relationship with social media. Uh, I really like Twitter I just like the conversation and the dynamic that happens. It's also like a flaming dips, dumpster fire cesspool most of the time. I recognize that, but it's still can be fun. My goal that I wrote down is, and this this is about social media, but about other things in general, is to care both more and less. Like there are things that I should be caring more about about other people, about relationships with other people, about just how I'm doing physically, mentally, and emotionally. And there are many other things that I should be caring much less about. Um, Namely the like day-to-day, whatever drama is happening on social media. Uh, I am, uh, I can be very susceptible to clickbaity type things um, just because like, oh, like, oh, something looks interesting or that headline looks interesting. And then I want to find out what it is. And then like way too much time has gone by that I should have devoted to that. And that's just what I, I want to do less of that. Spend more time caring about the things that are important and less time caring about things that don't need my attention. Um, and so I, th- I think it's easier said than done, especially on social media when everything is in front of you all the time. But it's something I want to try to do. Um, and then the other thing I wrote down here, which kind of, wraps up everything is to challenge myself more. The I I am very like I'm a very routine-based person. So like the 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 kitchen is a good example of that where I basically rotate through like the same things that I'm making all the time. And just for my own like cooking habits, I want to break out of that. Like I have several several two or three i'm looking around there are like three cookbooks on my desk right now that are brand new that should be downstairs in the kitchen so that i can like use them uh and so they get something i want to challenge myself more to do not just into like actually do make more things but make things that i've never done make things i've never done before or make things i've never made before um i'm also kind of doing that now in with video games we're talking about stardew valley before but I'm playing some games right now that I either wouldn't normally play or that challenged me in such a way that I gave up on in the past. Um, That were either hard and difficult on purpose or just hard and difficult for me at the time. And what I have found is I'm actually really enjoying them now. Whether I don't think that I am necessarily, like, I don't think one really gets better, quote unquote, better at video games. I think I just... You have to be mentally you have to be mentally in the right place to accept frustration and defeat at the hands of a video game. And then I I like so I'm enjoying these games much more now um, that I wouldn't have thought about in the past. Uh, And so like that's just other things I want to like challenge myself at. Um, And I always talk uh, a couple weeks ago when we did our like 2021 goals and resolutions and hopes and dreams. Uh, I also talked about reading more and what I want to make sure that I do is stop reading something I'm not enjoying. Like I have so many books on my, on my to be read list and it's very easy for me to add a book to that list. It's very hard for me to give up on a book. Like I make myself want to like something. That's just not a good, it's not a good attitude and it doesn't create for a very good reading experience. Um, There are things that, there are things that I want to read that I'll have trouble getting through. Um, But there are other things that, there are other things that I just need to learn to let go of. And that's true of like all media. Like it hasn't happened yet, thank God, knock on wood. But if, like, I didn't like Star Trek, like, a certain season or whatever, I would have to put it down. I'd be like, I can't force myself to get through it. Um, I was having this specific issue actually last year with a book, um, The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. She wrote The Night Circus several years ago, which is one of my favorite books ever. Um, It's something that I would recommend to people. Like, everybody should read that book, The Night Circus. And so when this book, The Starless Sea, was coming out, I was really excited for it. And it came out, actually, I think it came out in November of 2019, but I didn't didn't pick it up until last year. And uh, I was reading it and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I I was having the hardest time reading it to the point where like, I probably picked picked up and put down that book like a dozen times until I finally finished it earlier in 20, like this calendar year, like two weeks ago. I finally made my way through the end. And that was something that I didn't want to give up on because I was interested. I was just like, there was just like a mental block that was preventing me from reading it. But there have been other books or other things in general that I like. I need to recognize when something isn't working for me. I don't, I don't need to give it. I don't need to keep trying to make it work. And I think that's true of a lot of things. Um, it's okay to let things go. Yeah.
1: I definitely think so. I think it's it's funny, like I wasn't gonna transition here, but one of the things that you and I wrote about in in preparation for this this episode of this podcast was twenties versus forties. Mm-hmm. And what you hit on right there is is kind of the thing that I had written down that I think the biggest difference between how I feel now and how I felt in my twenties and you know, throughout my thirties is I think the need to fit in dwindles away the older you get. I think that in my 20s, what I I worked the most towards was if there were things that were popular, things that people liked, um, I would want to consume those things to know what it is about those things that everybody else liked. Um, I don't know. I don't have good examples. Catcher in the Rye, On the Road, things like that. Like, I consumed a bunch of, you know canon literature to make sure that you know i knew what everybody else was was consuming um and i think that the older you get the less you care about being on that that popular path and i think that's true of all things not just literature obviously not just music not just pop culture i know that we cycle that a lot because that's where we lean in life is like we are pop culture walks but I I think that there is an awakening that you feel and I felt it at the beginning of my 30s where I didn't need to stick to the popular path anymore if the right path for me was the unpopular path it was it was fine for me to go where I needed even if everybody else was going a different way and I think that that's true of of what you're saying where you know, if you don't like something, it's okay to put it down. Um, I recently, I made it through the book, but, um, I read Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and people, people love that book. And there is, there's a lot to be learned from the book. Like there were a lot of really interesting things to highlight and put in your life, but it was a rough read. It was not interesting. It was not cohesive. It was not, I don't know. It's not something I would ever read again. Like I wish that I had put that book down and moved on to something else, Mm -hmm. but I pushed my way through it. So I can, I can relate to what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I've had that experience with, um, I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, but it was, it was like one of those things where I was like, Oh, I'm, I am supposed to like this. So I'm like forcing my forcing my way through it. And then uh I just wasn't having it and I had to put it down. And it wasn't until I talked to somebody else about that very book who is like a couple maybe a year or two older than me. And this is a book that had come out in the late 90s. Um is it Dave Eggers? This is the part of the show where one Josh talks and one Josh Googles.
1: Is it sure. a a heartbreaking yeah that's the one yep so i um
0: heartbreaking work of staggering genius so that book came out in well whenever it came out but i was trying to read it a couple years ago i picked it up at i live near a library and like twice a year oh rip they didn't do it last year twice a year in non-covid years they do like a book sale which is great people from the community just donate stuff to the library all the time And then they have all the stuff they need to get rid of. So I picked it up there for like a, for literally a dollar. I'm like, okay, I'll spend a dollar on this. Uh, And it was something I was really trying hard to get through and I just couldn't do it. And I was talking to somebody else about it, contemporary of ours. And his comment was, oh man, in the late nineties, that book was amazing. Now, not so much. And like, it was just, it was just reassuring that somebody else, it was reassuring that someone else had the same kind of feeling about it.
1: Well, I can definitely tell you it's not you. Dave Eggers is one of my favorite authors of all time. And that book has not aged well. Like there there are about five books that he's written that I love way more than that book. But people do love that book. Yeah. But it's it's not you. It hasn't aged as well as one would expect.
0: There's a great line, which is like he's talking about um he's talking about how he and his brother have to like prepare food for themselves now. And there's a line about French fries and he says like potatoes prepared in the French manner, which is hilarious. That's the one thing I remember from that book. The rest of it, I wasn't a fan of. And I didn't even make it through the whole thing. Um, Talking about things about having to let go reminded me of something from a few years ago. Um, This was specifically about uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, which came out in 2017 and the, I had, I I had posted this on Instagram and I'm, I'm up, found it somewhere else, but basically it was like a, a summary of the film, which is this, a film about letting go of the past and embracing the future for an audience who can't let go of the past and is fearful of the future. And like, for me, that really struck a chord with me because as a nearly 40 year old now, as a 30, nearly 37 year old, then I was very much I was very much already in the stage of I'm going to let go of things that I don't enjoy and continue to enjoy the things I do enjoy. This movie, that was the most grown up Star Wars movie we have ever had. And I think that's why it resonates with me so much. And that's why I love it so much. Other people don't like it for a variety of other reasons. I would argue that the people who don't like it fall into the second category of the people that want people want something from their childhood to stay this pure innocent, untouched version when that's just not how things work. Um, And I think it's important to, it's important to recognize those things. So like, those are people, I'm going to paint with a very broad brush. Those are people who should have put Star Wars behind them if it's not for them anymore, instead of being angry about something that you have no, there's no point in being angry about, just got to let it go. Uh, That's what I have to say about that.
1: Definitely. I definitely agree with you. I think it's hard sometimes when you're emotionally attached to something and you don't see that it is aged out for you. But I I agree with your point completely. Um, It's funny that you brought up Dave Eggers because the entire point of the goal that I had where um, I wanted to use my platform of my life to give something back to society, that idea actually dawned on me because of Dave Eggers. Um, In Brooklyn, there is a, there's a store called the Brooklyn Superhero Supply Company. Hmm. And when you walk in, it is, it's a room where they sell a bunch of fake superhero supplies. And it's, it's really, really cute. But what, what is really special about the place is all of the money that they gain from these fake superhero supplies there is a bookcase in the back of the room and if you open the room there is a hidden room back behind it it's like a speakeasy where Dave Agers has set up his store as a affordable writing workshop for kids in the area and then the things that they write they can you know put on the shelves and sell within this store so he's taken the proceeds of his books and he's opened this basically young kids writing workshop that is disguised as a superhero supply store and it's very cool it's really cool that he's created this thing to give back to the community
0: i just looked it up while we were talking i never heard of this place but that is really very cool i love it um okay so talking about twenties and forties, I am with you. I think the things that I, I was just talking about wanting to care more and less, the things that I care that I will care less about are things that I probably cared more about 20 years ago. Um, I think that I think about that a lot in my professional life. Um, you know, in my, uh, talking about this slash talking about accomplishments and, And stuff like where I am now in my career, I couldn't have envisioned 20 years ago. Um, 20 years ago, I was still working in working retail jobs whenever I was working. Um, I was actually just talking about this with Lucy yesterday. I spent like 15 years working in retail and I have spent the last 15 years working like as a professional. Um, Working in retail slash working for my family. That was... You have to like wrap your head around things differently when when you're in that kind of a, a, a professional setup um and like there are these things now that i'm just so more cognizant of and like my goal for being a professional in my 40s is to be a better boss to people in their 20s than i had when i was in my 20s and that's not i mean that's not just when i started like quote unquote, in the real, in the real job world, but just in general, I think everybody, everybody has terrible bosses, regardless of what line of work that you are in. And for me, I like to think I'm at a point where a terrible boss won't impact my, my work. Um, I don't want to jinx myself to say that, but like, I'm at a point in my career where I'm comfortable with I'm much more comfortable like in my professional skin and what it is that I can do and offer and would be responsible for. And when I think about like my current job and where it's going, I'm much more invested in those people that are below me that I'll be able to impact than I am in worrying about pleasing a boss in a way. And it like in any kind of like superficial sense. Um, It's like, that's something that I definitely, you definitely had to learn. I definitely had to learn how to, how to be that way and to not be so focused on um, those kinds of superficial things. Uh, I also like not just as a working person, but I just know so much more stuff. Now, some of it is completely random and not always useful, Uh, it's great when I'm watching Jeopardy and it's fun for random trivia, but like, I just like knowing things, I don't know, just fills me with this nerdy joy. Uh, and so that was just like, there's so much that you don't know when you are a young person and you don't, the, you don't know that you don't know things. Uh, that's the hard part too. Whatever age you are, you always think that, you know, everything there is to know. Um, I was certainly that way when I was younger and it's important to understand that you don't, and it's important to understand that you won't. There are still things that I know now at basically 40, uh, sorry, there are things that I don't know now at basically 40 that I will know later a year from now or five or 10 years from now. Um, and so like that, that just kind of like constant learning of things has just been really enjoyable Um, as well as to look back and see how much has changed. I think that's been, that's been like a fun and satisfying part of being 40 of what's changed in my personal lives and professional life, but also just like science and technology and innovation and like things that have changed in 20 years of, the things that I just enjoy like computers and video games and cell phones and cars and uh, like cool TV shows and stuff. There's stuff that, that I couldn't have imagined. I couldn't have imagined 20 years ago. And so it's very cool to see that kind of innovation. Um, I could do without the white supremacy and Nazis everywhere. I think that's uh, more of a general comment. Like, we don't need that. We don't. We don't need to still have that happening. But you know, can't win them all, I guess.
1: It's definitely true. It's not something that I expected to. So, miran I also had always thought that like it wasn't going to be our generation that was contributing to that, but yeah, it turns out it is not as likely as i thought it would be that we would be the generation to save all of society i have kind of decided that is going to be gen z as much as i don't want it to not be us i don't think it's going to be us um reflecting on what you've said i agree with it and it's actually kind of relevant to you know a lot of what i had scribbled down as you know being proud of it's it's looking at where you've come from and looking at how you're going to use that to continue to go to where you're headed. And I have to remind myself a lot, you know, as a professional to dial it the fuck back and calm down and stop being, you know, so angry and resentful all the time of where I am and what is happening and reflect on what I have and where I came from to get to that point. Um, you said that you, you worked with your family and you worked a lot in retail and you know, your path to where you were isn't exactly the most traditional path of all time. And we, we share that. I, you know, I came from a place where what I've accomplished is a lot more than, you know, anyone actually believed it would be. I was a, I was kind of the high school kid that everybody gave up on. Like they could see the potential of me. They knew it was in, but they weren't sure it was going to ever to come out and do or be anything. I was just this angry, unfocused ticking time bomb that, you know, eventually those personality traits, you know, landed me in a boy's home. Um, But beyond like the personal roadblocks that I had, the environment that I grew up in wasn't exactly built for success either. I come from a town that, You you go to high school and then you go either make chocolate at the Russell Stover's plant or you make breaks down the street at Mm -hmm. at the Gates Rubber Company plant. And you get married, you have kids, and then your kids repeat the cycle of what you've just done. So to have packed my shit and gone to even just a city, let alone New York city to, you know, push and push and push and be told no and push and continue to just move forward until someone said yes to be, you know, a person in the music industry is a success by itself. And to have remained in the music industry as long as I have is, is surprising. So I have to remind myself like, this isn't going the way that you've wanted, but like look back and see where you should be or where you could be. And then sometimes that will, sometimes, sometimes that will calm me down. Um, I think it's also important for me to remember, you know, how I got here. Um, And that helps me push forward. I, I was in the middle of my twenties. I wrote this once actually that I was in my twenties when I realized that my mom was like, living example of a bruce springsteen song like she was poor and blue collar and you know we lived in a meager and modest life working a job that killed her just so that we could survive um but you know looking back i can see how big of a influence she was on how i got here she was the one that on road trips was quizzing me about who was singing what songs the title of songs um, she drove me all over the country to see things, even though we were poor. You know, she made sure my first concert mattered. It was Michael Jackson on the bad tour um she took me to see Bob Dylan, she took me to see johnny cash um and a lot of the reason that I work in music is because it's the only place I've ever felt safe and intelligent and where I belonged and I realized looking back like... I wouldn't have any of those things if she hadn't, you know, done those things to raise me the way that she was. And so I have to look back a lot and be like, you're doing this to not fail her, just like keep your nose down and keep grinding. And it's the thing that keeps me going. And even though she didn't get to see all of this before she died, like I'm happy to have gotten to, you know, live out the legacy that she saw for me and not fail her by taking all of those things that she gave me and going to make, you know, chocolate Easter bunnies at the Russell Stover's plant.
0: I think about that too. The kind of where we've come from side of things. Um, I, I grew up in a small town, uh, not a, but for me, it was a small town. Um, It's, I couldn't even fathom growing up where you did. Uh, I, I talk a lot about, um, we've talked about school and college and high school and stuff in varying in in different places, mostly on stream. And for me at my small town, my graduating class was like 300 people. And then I hear from others, uh, uh, that was, that are much, much smaller than that. I'm just like, that always blows my mind. That like for me growing up, I always felt insulated in this small town that was far enough away from New York City to be well into the suburbs. And just get such a different frame of mind frame of mind when you leave that place. And I think that's important, even if you end up going back like you need to have that. That experience of just like some other place that's not your home. Um, I definitely, I, I think it definitely goes a long way to shaping who, the kind of person that you are. <sighs> okay. Um, this has been a very deep and thoughtful and reflective part of the conversation. Uh, now we're gonna talk about some fun stuff. Not that that wasn't fun, but now we're going to talk about other things, uh, about 1981, some fun facts and trivia. And, uh, a little bit more about oh, oh my how things have changed in um in the last forty
1: years. So before you yeah, before I, you do that, to give you one uplifting thing that I've never shown anyone. Okay. And unfortunately, the listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but the three of you are going to be able to see it. Um, I have a newspaper here from nineteen eighty one. I was the first baby born in the town that I was raised in that that year because i was born on january 2nd um and it was like twelve thirty seven or something like i just barely you got in it. there early um but there is my parents oh my and god then a little tiny me on the front page of the newspaper that's and amazing I, I look significantly like my dad who is a total asshat but you can definitely see where i get the look um but little tiny mate who had no idea that all of these things were going to happen. And I just kind of want to be shoved back in the womb.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's crazy that this thing still exists. And then on the other side of the newspaper, there is a (laughs) article for (laughs) murder.
0: Yeah. Well, Oh man, that's great. What a story. That's a, that's really fun. Um, okay. Okay. Speaking of birthdays and other things in 1981, well, we'll do some other 1981 things, then we'll get to birthdays. So uh, I looked up some fun little facts and trivia about life 40 years ago. Um, we'll start with some stuff about the country. The U.S. population was 229 million. Do you know what our current population is off the top of your head? More than needed. 328 million. So it's about 100 million. We've, we've increased about 100 million in the last forty years, uh, here's another good one. The federal deficit was nine hundred ninety-five billion. Do you know what it is right now? No. Twenty-seven trillion.
1: That's a uh, that's a lot more.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot more. It's like twenty-seven thousand times more. We're doing really great. Um, to keep up with this national debt, uh, the price of First class postage has increased in 1981. It started at 15 cents and then it went up to 20 cents in November of that year. It is now 55 cents to put a stamp on a letter, which is just outrageous. Uh, The average price of gas was a dollar and 38 cents. Currently, the average price nationwide is 238. But I think that's that's largely in part due to no one's gone anywhere in the past year Um, and gas and oil prices have definitely gone down uh here's some other fun notes about 1981 in 1981 3m launched post-it notes you and i are as old as the post-it note how amazing is that
1: um i think it's aged better (laughs) uh
0: the other tech thing i'm including post-it notes as a technology thing because they are essential to our everyday life um especially because we can post them on computer screens uh one other big tech event from 1981, and that was the release of microsoft dos where would we be without that
1: it turned out to you know be a thing that was pretty successful
0: uh here's some major events in 1981 uh first delorean debuts the dmc12 which of course yes it did which of course would go on to feature in the back to the future franchise um and then john delorean would lose all of his money for other reasons not because of back to the future but other reasons um pope john paul ii survived an assassination attempt which is kind of wild the uh here's another one here's another one for you the space shuttle program launched space shuttle columbia was the first ever uh launch of the the first ever mission of the space shuttle program which uh sadly has thus been retired but first one 1981. um The first baby that was born via in vitro fertilization happened in November of 1981. I think it was November. Uh, Her name is Elizabeth Jordan Carr. She's now a journalist. Uh, Will also be turning 40 later this year. How exciting is that? 1981 was also the year that Charles and Diana got married. Um, And it was, speaking of British, British things, 1981 was the first ever London Marathon, which is now one of the world majors. So that's cool. Uh, the Iran hostage crisis ended, uh, 52 American hostages, 52 Americans were held hostage for, uh, 400, more than 400 days that came to a resolution in 1991. Um, and lastly, uh, of this list, Sandra Day O'Connor becomes the first ever female Supreme court justice. Um, and by the way, her, um, her confirmation vote was 99 to zero. Because somebody wasn't there that day. They had like, 99 to zero. I miss those days when things happened that way. Um, When a Republican president would nominate a moderate judge to the Supreme Court and then being confirmed 99 to zero. But I am digressing. Big movies in 1981. First, one of my all-time, all-time favorites, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The first of the uh, Indiana Jones movies. God, I just love that movie uh superman 2 was another another big movie that year well oh, what i didn't realize superman 2 was co-written by mario puzzo uh who wrote a little thing a book and then later a movie called the godfather
1: interesting connection. i did not i did not know that i always find those things interesting like when you look at the new superman movies and you're like sam Raimi's like evil dead sam raimi's wrote this evil dead like, sam raimi you would, you would never connect that those things were by the same guy
0: Uh, Stripes, the Bill Murray classic, Stripes, came out in 1982. Uh, and the big, one of the biggest movies of that year was On Golden Pond with Katherine Hepburn, which won a whole bunch of Oscars the following year. Uh, now, the last chunk here I have for you is all birthday related. Uh, so first let's start off. Popular baby names in 1981. Our name, Joshua, was number six on the boy list. Michael, Christopher, Matthew, Jason, and David- precede us um do you have a guess I want you to guess what do you think the number one girl baby name was in 1981
1: I'm gonna go with Sarah because I know a lot
0: Ooh. of Sarah's number three Sarah's number three it's yeah number one is Jessica number two is Amanda that makes sense uh okay so you share a birthday with two athletes uh like a share an actual birthday, January 2nd, 1981. The first is Kirk Heinrich, who played oh. for the uh Chicago Bulls and then Wizards and Hawks for a little while. And Maxi Rodriguez, an Argentinian soccer player who spent most of his professional career in Spain, but also played for Liverpool, my beloved Liverpool, for a couple seasons. So that's a nice little connection.
1: That's amazing. Kurt Heinrich also played for the rival of my college, the Kansas Jayhawks. There you go. Uh Nobody,
0: at least I couldn't find any exact fun birthdays for me, March 1st, 1981, but March 2nd, 1981, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter was born. So I like to think that like, she was basically ready to go the day before, you know? So we share a, we share a birthday, we share a birthday weekend. Um. Here are finally some other fun 1981 birthdays. People who are, uh, all turning 40 this year. Uh, These are in no particular order. Uh, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, uh, Beyonce, uh, Captain America and Loki, Chris Evans and Tom Hiddleston, uh, Meghan Markle, uh, uh, Queen Amidala and Anakin, Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, uh, Serena Williams, and then finally, this one's for Lucy, Chad Michael Murray will be turning 40 this year. We have a pretty good list. There are many, many more, but like I thought these were the, these were the fun ones that I pulled.
1: Job Michael Murray is a no go. Cause he was mean to Rory in Gilmore girls and it's unacceptable.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I cannot make any judgment about that since I have not watched Gilmore girls or one tree hill for that matter. But I I know the association.
2: I can, and I can say, uh, you're not wrong. But that's also how his character wasn't And To be fair, a lot of people were like that to Rory. It was just, I feel like it was also part of a time where you liked a girl, you were a dick to her. And that's how it worked. And that's exactly what happened in that show.
1: Poor sweet Rory, who went on to be a horrible human. In also real life true. or in the show. In the show.
0: Oh, in the okay. show. I didn't know that. Um, okay. That,
2: I, I do have.
0: Yeah, this is, so I was going to turn it over to you. No, no, it's fine. So that is the, that is the, the 1981 facts and fun, fun facts and trivia that I pulled. I think Lucy has some more things. Uh, if you want to fill in any blanks of, of all these things.
2: So I actually double checked the baby names because the list that I had for girls is slightly different oh. because on my list, Jessica was two, Amanda was three and Sarah was four. Number one was Jennifer. Oh, I don't have Jennifer so on my list. I I even double checked it. It is on babynames.it. Okay. <laughs> but it could be, it could be a mistake. I don't know. I also laughed because I like the fact that Sarah and Jessica as in Sarah, Jessica Parker um, <laughs> made it to the top of that list. Love it. Um, that was the only mild difference that I had in my notes. However, other big events that I also had was in 1981, IBM's first uh, personal computer was released. Um, MTV also began broadcasting in 81.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Is, you want Just, to up in?
1: I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's on the same day as I was born. What? MTV. When MTV launched. I think they launched on January 2nd of 1981. It was not. It was it was August 1st. Yep. Oh, well, fine. <laughs>
2: fine. <laughs> Sorry. Small amount of trivia or really just see who's most accurate with numbers. Josh's. How many Josh was do you think were born in 1981?
1: Because I have the, billion.
2: I have the Social Security Administration. So I'm U.S. births. How many Joshuas were there? I just like the
0: phrasing of that question. sentence. It's just like I just hacked into the Social <laughs> Security Administration. I have all the data well, right here.
2: Um, it turns out that if you're sitting here listening to a podcast being recorded, you can find out that the Social Security Administration provides the top 1,000 baby names. I love per it per year.
0: Uh, I actually so I actually have a number from okay. the list that I pulled. So I will refrain oh. from guessing because I have a number Boo. in front of me.
2: Him, but I do, I,
1: appreci- have,
0: I do appreciate the nature of the question.
1: I don't have a number, so I'm going to say 152,000. The number I have is 39,000. Uh,
2: 39,051.
0: There you go. So, there you go. Um, that's a lot of Josh's Great. who are turning 40 this year in the US anyway. Um, okay. Um, I think that's going to about wrap it have, up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was premature wrapping up.
2: Okay. I have sports. I oh, have my yes, four- please. So um, the Super Bowl was won by then known as the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, um, against the Philadelphia Eagles, 27 to 10. The NBA Finals was the Boston Celtics, uh, who played against the Houston Rockets. The World Series was the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won against the Yankees and the Stanley Cup was the New York Islanders who uh won against the
1: Minnesota North Stars.
0: That was the uh the middle of the Islanders' run of four Stanley Cups in a row.
1: Also yeah. worth noting that was the year that Muhammad Ali That's right. Muhammad Ali did retire that year. Um
0: they, oh, never mind.
2: okay. Okay. It cut out after he said Muhammad Ali on my end. Yeah, no, me too, but, but I I had it. seen
0: that I had seen that note that he retired, so. Happy to fill it in there. Uh, Okay, and lastly, before we sign off, we did not jinx the Kansas City Chiefs. They won. They will move on to the AFC title game. If anyone is wondering, not that you couldn't like look at a sports score from two days ago by the time this goes up. You know what? It's fine. I just want to put it out there. Nothing happened. And that's it. This the end of this episode is kind of going off the rails a little bit, but that's okay. That's kind of how things go. Uh, I think that's it. I am looking forward to turning 40 for some strange reason. Um, I just like, it's a milestone thing. I'm happy for it to happen and then for, to move on and continue, continue on with life and growing and learning, learning learning new things and, uh, and having more birthdays. We should all have more birthdays. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think that's about it. Do you have any final words as a newly minted 40-year-old?
1: I don't. I got distracted reading an article called The History of Pro Wrestling in 1981.
0: That is fascinating. Speaking of how things have changed. uh, Wow. Well, we can get into that a whole other time. Um, In the meantime, that's going to be it from us. Happy birthday, everybody. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a nice rating or review on Apple Podcasts and or follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio or wherever you happen to listen. Those things would really help us out. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at JoshCastPod and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash untitled JoshCast. This show is written and hosted by me, Josh Gershman and Josh Hammond. It is edited by me and it is produced by Isabella Stade and Lucy Benetti. The podcast's intro music is Gemini by Alki, and the outro music is Cautious by Emarosa. Both appear on the Untitled JoshCast with permission from the artists. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Untitled JoshCast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.